0: They drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. I'll praise the Lord, Lord. and keep the faith. Only G.O.D. could be a king to me. If you love him, you got to represent him well. Believe the scripture. Whoa.
1: Thank you for listening to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures. I am your host, Martinez. Please subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So whichever podcast platform that you're listening to the show on right now, I want you to click the subscribe button. I want you to leave a comment, and I want you to share it with your family and friends, all right? If you'd like to send me an email, please send it to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. You can also follow me on social media, IG, Twitter, at mbills314. Four. This is episode number 90, uh, what we at, 92. As some of you all may know, this is officially Black History Month, and I wanted to do something new, something that I really never done out of the four years that I've been doing this podcast. I want to highlight my personal Black, I guess you can say heroes, that are currently living. But I wanted to highlight some Black preachers. And I wanted to do that for the rest of this month. And these are just people who I look up to and respect that are black men, that are black pastors. And you know, you get a lot of, you know, pastors get a lot of flack. People think pastors are stealing money to just all sorts of crazy stuff. So I want to highlight and celebrate black pastors all black pastors need to be celebrated. Pastors in general, but it's Black History Month, so we are dealing with black, (laughs) okay? So, um, but the black pastors that I want to um, honor are those who I have a personal connection with. Not necessarily personal connection, meaning like I know them personally, but they've impacted my life, whether it be a television, whether it be me gleaning from them, and different things like that So anyway The first pastor that I want to highlight Is Apostle Frederick Casey Price And If you don't know Apostle Frederick K. C. Price Once you hear him You'll never forget <laughs> When I first started Preaching My style of preaching I got from him when I say style I mean of course our personalities are different but how he <laughs> its weird when I was like 17 I used to always admire how he carried his notes in his Bible <laughs> because if you ever seen him teach he would um you know how most pastors will have their uh, notes on the podium or have a notebook out or whatever he would actually have his notes on a piece of paper Or something like that, but he would tape it inside of his Bible. So it would just, he would just have his Bible in his hand. And when he needed to flip to his notes, he would just flip to the front of the book and then flip back to the page. I just thought that was dope. I said, I'm doing that. (laughs) If I ever get an opportunity to preach, and I did that for, uh, a little minute whenever I had a chance to. But anyway, that's just, um, but Apostle Frederick Casey Price, he is the founder of Crenshaw Christian Center in Los Angeles, California. Uh, He began Crenshaw Christian Center in 1973. And since then, the church has grown to become a world renowned ministry where services are held in the faith dome. In 1978, Apostle Price received instruction from God to begin a television broadcast and as a result, Ever Increasing Faith Ministries began its first broadcast in five television markets. Since then, the television broadcast has become global. EIFM can be viewed on 132 stations in all 50 states and in six foreign countries. Apostle Price is also a devout husband and has been married to Dr. Betty Price for 61 years. They are the proud parents of four children, 10 grandchildren, and four great-grandchildren. Apostle Price, I met him a couple of times, um, I wanna say back in like 2005, 2006, something like that. He has definitely impacted my life. He's one of those pastors where he's a no-nonsense. Um, he's probably the first pastor I've ever seen to just strictly teach the word you know he didn't have an organ behind him he didn't there was no musicians up you know ready for him ready for him to you know tune up and there's nothing wrong with that I'm just stating what he does and what I witnessed. and um, and that caught my attention and he just flat-footed stood there and taught the word and I remember coming home from services on Sunday my church on Sunday and couldn't wait till his broadcast came on TV and at like 6 o'clock I had like like five ministries that I would look forward to that Sunday evening and they will all come on back to back and I believe he was one of the first and I just had my notebook out and I was just taking notes and learning and learning I learned so much from his ministry um dr price is 88 years old today and if you look at him now and look look at him back in the 70s he still looked the same he a little older god is truly blessing him and truly renewing his youth like the eagle um he has preached one of the most impactful messages i've ever heard in my life that I believe that everyone in the body of Christ should hear, and that message is entitled "Race, Religion, and Racism." He covers racism, how racism got started, um, how it can be eliminated. Um, he deals with racism in the church. He deals with religion in general, and he deals with you know race and just um, a bunch of other different things. I wanted to honor Dr. Price today. Um, he started a a fellowship for inner city black churches called "Fick with them that's how you say it but it means fellowship of inner city word of faith ministries and he just helps out a lot of black pastors and ministries and yeah he doesn't he he's 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 a pastor's pastor uh, whether you no matter what preaching style you're a pastor or a preacher that you hear or admire everyone looks up to dr Parks. He is the OG, if I can say that, in the body of Christ, one of many, but he's definitely He's just been himself And he I don't think he truly knows And I don't think he will know until he gets to heaven How many lives he has truly impacted And how many people God has used him to impart wisdom into And to bring to the Lord So Dr. Price, if you're listening to this Or if you ever get an opportunity to hear it Or if someone shared it with you I just want to say that We thank God for you We're grateful for you We love you And continue to live long And finish strong Alright y'all, so I just wanted to do that and I'm going to do that for the next uh, probably two or three episodes I'm going to have different black pastors that I want to honor people who have impacted my life Of course there's been so many so I won't be able to get to every last pastor of course But I'm going to highlight um, as many as I can Alright, now let's get into episode 92 I want to talk a little bit about our authority in Christ so, I guess if you want to put a title to it, you can say, and it's an old classic title, the believer's authority. I'm a believer, you're a believer, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then whether you know it or not, we all have authority that God has given to us, that we all should be operating in. All right, so let's go to Matthew chapter 10. And we'll start right there. Let's look at verse one. Now, we'll be reading out of the New Living Translation and probably a couple other different translations. If you're reading out of something different than I'm reading, it's all good because we're still gonna end up in the same place. Now, that statement that I just made, when I say that, the translation stuff, I got that from Dr. Price. <laughs> so when I say that he's impacted me, he has truly impacted me. And I just think that how he explained stuff, I just think is still prevalent today. And so, you know, certainly I just take on to, to my generation, but I just feel the need to announce there. Anyway, I just wanted to say it. Matthew chapter 10, let's look at verse one. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness i'll read that again jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness so he said he gave this to his 12 disciples he gave authority i think the king james version says power now the word power is translated delegated authority meaning christ delegated power to his church now he did not just delegate power to the 12 disciples only he delegated power to his church now let's see that mark 16 is look like at verse 15 and then he told them go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. This is the key word. These signs are going to follow only those who believe. These signs are not going to follow those who don't believe, do you understand? So the qualification of these signs following you is that you're a believer so it says again at verse 17 these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe they will cast out demons in my name in Jesus name and they will speak in new languages they will be able to handle snakes with safety and if they drink anything poisonous it won't hurt them they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by miraculous signs. So again, these signs shall follow those that believe. He didn't say these signs are only going to follow the apostles. These signs are going to follow those who believe. Now, the apostles had to walk in at first because they had to lay the foundation for the church, right? So it said that once he finished preaching to them and once he delegated that authority to them, the authority that they were going to carry and that we carry is going to all be in the name of Jesus. And it says that they went preaching everywhere and the Lord confirmed what they were preaching with signs following so there should be signs wonders and miracles happening after the preached word so after i'm done teaching you right now you are your faith ought to be enhanced and you ought to be built up and you should be able to and should start acting on the principles in the scriptures that are being presented to you God is going to always confirm his word. So once we do what the word says, the Lord is going to confirm his word, not your word, not my word, not our will, not your will, but he's going to confirm his will and his word in our lives. As long as we believe and do what his word says. Okay. So again, the qualification of walking in authority and then the power that God has given to us is that we believe we believe on him. We believe on Jesus. And then he says that you will do these things in my name, right? So let's look at Luke chapter 10, verse 18. It says, yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority here. Here he is again, delegating authority to his church. Like I said, when you read an inscription, even though he's talking specifically to the disciples, he's talking ultimately to the universal church that will soon come after the disciples. You following what I'm saying? Because the preaching of the gospel still has to take place until jesus comes so jesus would not delegate authority and power to the 12 disciples and then once they transition and go to heaven all the power going with them but we still have to preach the gospel so if we still have to preach the gospel then that means his power and his authority is still here but all the power and authority has been delegated and placed in his name hallelujah has been placed in his name but the ones he's given that right to use his name is us, his children, his church. You understand what I'm saying? So again, in verse 19 says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions. Now that word snakes and scorpions really is translated to demons and evil spirits. Okay, And it says, and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Another translation says, I believe King James Version says, nothing will hurt you. People sometimes misinterpret these type of scriptures. Like the scripture we read in Mark chapter 16 where it says that, you know, they will take up snakes and it won't hurt them. They'll drink any deadly thing and it won't kill them. Get connected to the word on a whole nother level. Listen. To macchiato's music, and the Scriptures podcast with Martinez.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey. hey now. The father Forget about the cars The Bentleys with the rims It's not about the clothes The baggy jeans and tims. Forget about the house The man chain on the hill With the swimming pool in the back And the, the barbecue on the grill Forget about fortune Forget about fame See, It's not about the money or people screaming my name. I just love you. Oh Lord, I just love you for who you are. That's all. That's all. See, I'm not trying to be no superstar. That's not why I'm singing this song. Some people just love you for the things. Before I end this tune, I can go on and on. I can't by you. Cause I love you. Oh Lord, I just love you, love love you. for who you are. That's all, that's all. all. You see, I'm, I'm not trying to be no. Superstar. Superstar. I'm singing a song. Now, if you never bless me material things, like, like the furs and the diamonds and the Escalade on the Beats, so you will still be God, and that's enough for me to love you. You've been so good. At all. all I can say is na na nah, nah, nah. Always been there, na na nah, nah. This means I love you na na, nah, nah, nah. Show me that you care Na na nah, nah. One more time say na This concludes side A. Please flip to side B.
1: I think there are some, or there were like a group of believers back in the day, it may still be, they practice this, meaning that they will practice picking up snakes to prove that the snake, you know, they'll get a poisonous snake and grab it or try to mishandle it in hopes of the snake biting them so they can prove to people that the snake can't hurt me. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, that's that's ignorant, that's foolish, <laughs> and that's not what God intended, but that's how easily scriptures can be misinterpreted. He didn't say to do that. He's saying, and he said that if you so happen, especially in that time, I mean, the day and age we're in, who's, who's going to pick up a snake just randomly or just by choice? He's saying that if you so happen to drink something poisonous or, you know, like I said, he was talking to him during that time. There were a lot of snakes. If you pick up a snake, you know, and it bites you or whatever, it won't hurt you. He's just saying that I'm going to protect you. He's not saying to intentionally do things that can cause you harm and then call on my name so that I can deliver you from it. He didn't say that, but that's how easily things can get misinterpreted. Now, God protects us all from seen as well as unseen dangers. So there are things that I've seen and witnessed that I know he protected me from. and there are things that he didn't allow me to see, but he protected me from things that I probably would never know until I get to heaven, or what he protected me from. Probably still won't know it then, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Um, But God is a protector and God wants us to take him at his word. You have to understand that God is patient with us. And if God is patient with us, how come we can't be patient with him? Not patient with him because he's taken too long. Because God doesn't have any time. But patient in the process of things that we go through. That if we presenting something to God and wanting him to take care of it, why are we rushing? I think what we should do is present. I request to the Lord and then ask him for wisdom to handle whatever you need to handle uh, my pastor was just talking about this we had a prayer line we was talking about he was talking about wisdom you know and wisdom being the teacher and so forth and that's one of the things you have we have to wait on wisdom we can't really or we shouldn't rather just go off the cuff you present it to the Lord now you're just doing what you want to do in hopes that he blesses it but That's just not how that works. We have to be patient. God is patient with us. We have to be patient with him as we go through certain things in our lives. But you have to be patient and know that he's going to bring you out and he's going to bring you out better than you was before. All right. So we've seen already in several verses that God has given us authority and power in his name because he says in my name you would do this. Let's go to John chapter 14. Look at verse 12. Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. I read that again. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Yes. Ask me for anything in my name and I will do it now. Some people that's hard to believe because we really try to take that anything and run with it, but then anything, it doesn't mean anything but that anything does not include things that are evil unholy unrighteous ungodly and you gotta know that or selfish so if you're a single person and you desire to get married and i like to use this example i like to use this example a lot because it does happen it really does if you are a single person And you desire to get married some reason you think God spoke to you about a particular person but that person is already married but you heard God say that that is your spouse but they're married so I guess in your mind you think that God is going to receive that person's spouse into heaven and then now you can go ahead and marry them. And so you're believing God and bring really all and all I've hoping and waiting for that person's spouse to pass away so that you can go ahead and make your entrance. That's demonic and uh ungodly and don't do that. <laughs> okay. Don't do that. That's that's not God. What you heard, that's just your lust and that's all that is. You ate some tacos one night and your lust kicked in and or whatever you ate, well it was something for you to think something like that. So, um Yeah, so when you get to the scripture, ask me for anything. You can't ask God for someone else's spouse. You know what I'm saying? You can't ask God for someone else's house, to someone's house, to somebody living in. I'm using material things because we can all relate to materials, but there's anything. I like that car, that person driving it. I want their car. Well, you can't have their car. You probably go get a car like that, but you can't have the one they're riding in. You know, you can't believe God for a repossession. You know, just stuff like that. But I'm. You, it sound comical when I'm telling you, yo, people be believing some crazy things. And I've seen a lot of it in my young years. <laughs> but I've seen quite a bit and heard quite a bit. But the thing he's saying is... Whatsoever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Save your family, I'll do it. And I'm not going to go down a list of different things. Because like I said, these things just doesn't qualify anything ungodly. And in all actuality, this particular verse isn't even talking about prayer. This particular verse is talking about commanding things in his name. I'm going to read an example of that. Go to Acts chapter three. Let's look at verse one. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, He asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. So Peter looking at the lame man who's sitting by the gate. The man asked Peter and John for some money. Peter said, look at us or look at me. Then he says the lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money. Verse six. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene or of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. He said, I don't have any silver and gold for you, but what I have, I'm going to give you. What did he have? He had the authority that the Lord gave, the authority in his name. So he says, you're asking for money. I don't have that for you, but you're lame and can't walk. So I'm going to give you Something that's beyond your expectancy, you're expecting one thing, but God is going to do something that you have that you least expect. The man didn't come up there every day expecting to walk, he came up there expecting money. So, God says, I'm not gonna give you money, but I am going to give you the ability of your limbs, and that happened through the name of Jesus. Now, let's keep reading, hallelujah! It's so good, God is so good. Verse 16. Check out what Peter said. Peter said, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus name has healed him before your very eyes. So we learned something new. It wasn't just the name, the name of Jesus, but it was faith in his name. Remember, Jesus said that these signs shall follow those who believe you got to believe faith. One half of faith is believing faith is acting on what you believe. So if you believe something and you don't act on it, you don't believe it (laughs) because if you believe it, you'll act on it. And that action is the faith part. That's considered faith in God's eyes. Once we act on what we believe not just you believing something or having a mental assent to something but once we act on something once we act on what we believe god counts that as faith so once we tell god like all right lord i'm gonna step out in faith that means that we're about to step out on some action and about and and we're about to do something so when you hear people say i took a leap of faith i mean yeah it's, they started acting on what they believed this whole time so like I'm doing, a, I have a business plan written out and we get about to get this network going. You know, me just believing in this podcasting network isn't enough for it to succeed. God won't do anything with this network if I just only believe it. Because if I say I believe that God gave me this idea to start a podcasting network, but I don't take the necessary steps to launch it, it will never happen. And I couldn't blame God for it not happening because I never took the step. And I'm talking to me, I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I can't look at circumstances to dictate when to step out. You really have to step out as God prompts you to. Because you don't want to step out too quickly You do have to know that when you step stepping in faith And walking in the faith There is a time element to it To the point to where You still want to be led by God But when he tells you to go Sometimes he's going to tell you to go When everything doesn't look favorable But that's where we all have to trust God Right? So that's faith So it says through faith in his name So if I believe that God has given me authority And he's given me authority in his name once I speak his name Once I say his name I believe that once I release his name And say his name That something's going to happen I ain't talking about something spooky I'm talking about If you're praying for someone Or something's going on And you're in prayer in general Once you say the name of Jesus That should be it You should be able to take, it, take that to the bank Like that's done because he's given us the power of attorney. If you know what the power of attorney is, it's someone basically giving you power and legal right to use their name. You know, sometimes you have older people who give the power of attorney to their child, grandchild, son, whatever. They are giving them the power of attorney to use their name meaning that they can write checks in their name. They can do all these things in their name. Now they're not them, but they gave them the legal right to use their name. So it's as if the person is actually writing this and signing off on this. It's the same way spiritually. Jesus gave us the power of attorney to use his name. So when we pray, we pray in his name. Whatever we do, we doing in his name. Now you're gonna meet people who have different arguments about his name. Now, the Bible says his name is Jesus. People like to use the Hebrew name Yeshua. You'll hear people saying Yah. You'll hear people saying just different things. And people like to have an argument over how to properly use his name. These are things that the scripture tells us not to argue over. Just saying Jesus has been working fine. (laughs) The name of Jesus works fine. I'm sure if I was Hebrew And I only spoke Hebrew And I said Yeshua It's equivalent to Jesus That's just the Hebrew name For how you say Jesus So if you want to say Yeshua That's fine But I'm not Hebrew So I don't say Yeshua And there's no wrong people Who say that But Jesus There's power in his name I don't care what language You say it in you understand what I'm saying? If you Spanish, you'll say Jesus. So it doesn't matter what language you say it in. Do you have faith in his name? That's the key. Not how you say his name or what language you say his name in. The key is having faith in his name. Cause just sprouting his name out, because you know, we hit our toe or something on the side of the bed and we say, Oh Jesus. But we don't really have faith in it when we say it. we just saying it and using it as an expression. But when you're intentional and things are going on and you're in spiritual warfare and things are taking place, you can command some things in this name. So if things are going on in your neighborhood, if you may live in a neighborhood where things are getting crazy or you live in an apartment complex where things are wilding out, you don't have to go to that individual. You can just say, in the name of Jesus, I command such and such to cease right now in Jesus' name. You have the authority to do that. Now, what we like to do is we like to say it and then wait and see if it's going to stop in the next 30 seconds. You don't have to wait and see. You just say his name. You command something in his name and let God take care of the rest. Now, you can't and you don't have control over another person's will, so you can't control what another person does per se. But once you declare his name, things can transpire toward it and cause a person to move and make a decision. But don't be spooky, be all in people's face. Somehow in Jesus' name I tell you to move. But I'm just saying there's things going on around you. That's what he's saying in that particular verse. When we talk about in John 14, about whatsoever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Whatever you command in my name, I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? have a relative of people in the hospital, pray for them, pray for them in Jesus' name. Real, you know, now what I like to do when I pray for people, especially when it becomes when it comes down to healing, is like, I like to ask them questions first. Like, okay, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna say, do you believe that the Lord can heal you? And they'll either say yes or no. Because some people, believe it or not, don't wanna be healed. Some people ready to go to heaven, or I've heard you have some people who don't want to be healed because they want to collect a disability check. You think I'm joking. These are facts. So before I pray for anybody, especially as it pertains to healing, I do like to ask questions. The main two is, do you believe Jesus can heal you? And the second one is, do you believe he can heal you right now? And that's it. And then we pray, right? So faith in his name. Let's look at an example of somebody just trying to use his name with no faith in it. Let's go to Acts chapter 19. I know we're going a little over, but I feel like this is necessary for this episode and for the times that we live in. And you know, it's a podcast, you know what I'm saying? Ain't no rules, to be honest with you. I just like to cut it off at 30, but I can go on for two, three hours. (laughs) You know what I'm saying Out of respect for you and your time I try to keep it at 30 But sometimes man You just gotta go for what you know And sometimes when things are good People don't care about the time And at this point I don't really care about the time Because you gonna listen anyway So I mean (laughs) Even if it take you a couple of days Alright, Acts chapter 19 Let's look at verse 13 It says, a group of Jews Was traveling from town to town Casting out evil spirits They tried to use The name of the Lord Jesus In their incantation Do you know what an incantation is? An incantation Is a series of words said As magic, spell, or charm So They thought that the name of Jesus is some type of spooky magic, you know? Oh, ah, charm stuff. And it's not. I've I've witnessed that where, um, when I was young, I prayed for someone, and then it, I forgot what it was. But anyway, it happened instantly, and they were like, the the words and stuff that they used was as if it was magic. Like, wow! Like, how did you do that? how I do I didn't do nothing I just prayed God did it so you have to make sure you're giving the glory to God you know and that's how false prophets are raised that they you know God will use them to do some things and now they marketing themselves and the power that they quote-unquote possess and now start to operate in witchcraft so it says they tried to use the name of the the Lord in their incantation saying I command you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches so they're trying to cast out evil spirits It says, in the name of Jesus, they said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preached. So they didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't have any faith in his name. They just saw what Paul did and noticed that he was using the authority of Jesus. And they figured, hey, I can do the same thing. They don't know the qualifications of it. Hey, he's doing I'm going to do, it too. Verse 14, it says, seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied. So the evil spirit you know, it's bad when a demon start talking back to you. <laughs> the evil spirit replied to them and said, I know Jesus. And I know Paul. But who are you? Verse 16. Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them and attacked them with with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. No power. Didn't have faith in it, they just using the name. And it's through faith in this name that makes us whole. So when you see the old mothers of the church or you see old clips of videos where you may see older women or older men and they just saying Jesus, but you can feel it in your spirit. Yeah, they have faith in that name. If they didn't know nothing else to say, but all they knew was Jesus, it's faith in his name There is no formula as to how to say it All you need is to believe And have faith in his name I believe in Jesus He's my Lord and my Savior And I have faith that I'm going to use his name To get the job done in the earth And that's the authority that he's given to us The authority to use his name no matter the situation or the circumstance, he's given us power to use his name. People like to have arguments over a lot of things in the church and different denominations and things like that. Like when it comes to baptism, you have some denominations believe that you should be baptized in Jesus' name only. Some people believe you shouldn't be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And they has got all these different things, but those are just crazy arguments now i just like to say you know we pray when we pray we pray in the name of jesus and he did say "Whatsoever we do do all in his name so when you baptize people yeah baptize them in the name of jesus but father son holy spirit all equal out to the name of jesus but there's power the bible says in his name his name jesus so Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up. But I'm just trying to show you that people just have different, um, just get into silly arguments about stuff. And quite frankly, I'm just tired of it. I'm just tired of it. I hear it a lot. I shouldn't be hearing it, but just silly arguments that are not going to, it's not edifying anything. It is not helping nobody. Yeah, after this episode, I want you to think differently now about the authority that Christ has given to us. And so now when you command in his name, now, you know, to have faith in it. I know once I command this, God's going to do it. Remember, nothing ungodly, nothing unethical, nothing evil. You, you should already know this, <laughs> but I'm just, you know, want to reiterate it. But God has given us authority to take care of business in the earth. On his behalf. Now the power is being delegated through him. He's the source of the power. He just needs our hands and our mouth. He's going to do it not us. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share this with your family and your friends. Remember to send me emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. You can follow me on social media at mbills314. Remember these words from the book of Romans chapter three, verse four, latter verse. May God be true and every man be alive. Until next time, I'm out.